Live from the 30A Radio Airstream Studios at Gulf Place, it's the 30A Show, presented by 38cottages.com. 30A Radio celebrates the small-town beach life we enjoy here along Florida's scenic Highway 30A. Here's your hosts, Corey Davis with 30A Radio. Do you know who I am? I'm kind of a big deal. And Laura Holloway from the Storyteller Agency. Hey, what's up? It's the 30A Show. We've got a really spontaneous show here today. We've got John David Sullivan and Scott Crompton, who are just embedded in the music scene down here. I bought a six-pack of beer. They were wandering around Gulf Place. and Wandering uh, is the key word. Wandering, totally. JD, for sure. Yeah. And and uh, we just thought we'd get a guitar in JD's hand, which probably doesn't happen enough, right? Uh, definitely happens more than it should. <laughs> it happens more than it should. <laughs> you That's said my wife's it's only a six-pack? Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? We're well, out. Yeah, I mean, I've we're got done. S- we thought this was at least a gag deal. So, yeah, the 30A beer is at the 30A store here at Gulf Place, and I have a revolving credit there, guys. So just, oh, uh, it, just put it under Mike Rags deal. Um, so. I do that all the time down here. <laughs> I really do. So I really thought it would be kind of a cool thing. Uh, JD plays in numerous bands. Uh, he's been here a long time, and songwriter has his own music. Uh, Scott Crompton with the Wildlife Specials. Go in the Wayback Machine, and we can talk about a band that is uh, kind of of lore around here. Uh, Blue's old stand, right? Lore. Lore. Lord? Lord. Oh, Lord. No, Scott, yeah, tell them a little bit about Blue's old stand. Yeah, Blue's old stand, yeah. an Blue's, awesome band. Blue's old stand, well, it is an awesome band. You know, they're still we're still around in some shape or form. But, yeah, it's been since, like, 89. We were, we were, we were you know, on track as a pretty cool little regional touring band in the early 90s. And it's interesting that even down here, we were in a meeting the other day, and I this girl was um, had been at Auburn like in the mid '90s, and Jimmy said, "Well, you know, you might know his band, Blues Old Stand," and she knew about it. You know, people still know about who oh, we my are. My wife remembers Blues Old Stand. Yeah, she was cool. We remember her too, JD. Uh, actually, you do. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> yeah, it was great. We had a good time. We had a good time. But I, but I actually, you know, I quit playing with them for a long time, and I was living in Pensacola Beach, and I was kind of having a tough time in my life at the time. And Patrick Wilson called me. He's the bass player in Cadillac Willie. And he said, you don't know me, but I know you're in Blues Old Stand, and I think you're living in northwest Florida, and our guitar players are having babies, which was interesting to me that they had babies at the same time, which was kind of funny. But uh, so, so I said, sure, I'll come over and do that. So I went to the storage unit and got a, a guitar and an amp I hadn't played in years and started playing in Calic Willie. And yeah. the person that who's, was having the babies was, was J.D. <laughs> yeah, well, I personally didn't have My wife was having the baby. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Scott came in and filled in for us, and... Yeah. And uh, he's an honorary Cadillac Willie member for sure. Like so many. And yeah. now JD and I are dating, and we have a new child, Lucy. <laughs> no. no, but so anyway, so I go to I go to the first gig I play there for them is at Harbor Docks. I'm loading my my little stuff in, you know, and everything. And uh, this woman holds the door for me as I roll my little guitar up to the, this little stage they had, this little hut they used to have at Harbor Docks. And this woman like looked at me, blonde hair, blue eyes, and she looked at me, and I thought, you know, oh my God, you know, what a beautiful woman, you know. And that's Kathleen. He's sitting right next to me with our baby. We've been married 10 years. So if it hadn't have been for John David having kids and Clayton having kids and Patrick calling me, I would never would have met Kathleen. Wow. But, I'm still, but I'm still friends with both those guys, <laughs> despite that. Friends. So in 1940, when Blues Old Stand started, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> so you guys started in Montgomery. We started in Montgomery. Um, we tell, tell me about the music scene in Montgomery when you were... Tell me about what was out at the time. What were your influences? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I was fortunate enough to be influenced. My parents are, 
they immigrated from England, and my dad was a big jazz fan, a blues fan. And I, I grew up on that stuff. In Montgomery, Alabama, is a big Air Force base there, Maxwell Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that that the the Air Force band, okay, they used to like be sort of be housed there. So a lot of guys that were in the band, the Air Force band, were also in the Air Force, obviously, retired in Montgomery, like Sam Williams, and a a bunch of really good musicians. He was the first chair Air Force sax player for 20 years. Wow. Um, So Montgomery had a lot of of musicians from that. They also had a lot of like, uh, like sort of like the old rock and roll, 70s, 80s rock and roll scene, you know, the good old cover band scene, the central, sort of central Alabama scene. There was a lot of that going on there. And a buddy of ours opened up this club called 1048 Jazz and Blues. And he was smart. His name was Al, Al Jordan, God bless his soul. And his, his uh, brother, Brian Jordan, was our original guitar player. And so we, uh, he, he started booking bands that would go for tw- between New Orleans and Atlanta, you know, because there, no, there was no stop there and needs to be even more now still. But, and so there'd be all these cool bands that would play in 1048. And Dave worked there as a bar back, and we'd hang out there. And we started a band, and uh, we started playing there on Wednesdays, and then Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then, you know, Saturdays and Saturdays, and, you know, just kind of went from there. I think it's well known that you're a Grateful Dead fan. Is that a mm-hmm. big influence for you? It's a huge influence for me. I was a musician as a really young kid. I played like on the Lawrence Welk show when I was eight years old. What? Yeah, I was a I was an organ player. I thought really? you were in charge of the yeah. bubbles. Were People still say guy? I've got a great organ, by the way. <laughs> and uh, but no, so I yeah actually I, I played one time yeah, with with, with you're the, guy, the guy with the bubbles. That was Bob was Ralston. You. Bob Ralston. Bob Ralston. I played with you him. Remember Bob. And I'll tell you this, just to really expose myself, I used to wear a bright blue one-piece jumpsuit at eight years old with white ballet shoes. And I would go to shopping malls in the southeast when they used to have organ stores. Wow. And I would sit there and play the organ. And they'd be like, so the, 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 the shtick Jake, was... you got to pull that back out. That I know. Awesome. The, the suit or the other gig. No, but they, the, the shtick was is that you know, here's an eight-year-old kid that can play the organ. If you buy one of these, you, you can learn to play one too kind of thing. Right. And I was a Lowry boy. You can Google, Google that. But anyway, so, so anyway, so uh, I, I, the, the, I missed a lot of music. I didn't really, ever, nothing really ever, ever got me. And then one day, uh, a buddy of mine turned me on to the Grateful Dead. I was about ninth or 10th grade. And I, I enjoyed music, but it, I, it hit me immediately. And I became a huge fan and saw a bunch of shows and, you know, and, you know, just a huge fan of the band. Yeah, Grateful Dead. Uh, now you guys even have a band that plays. Grateful Dead music here on 30A, which is actually taken off, right? Yeah, JD's band, uh, you know, Cadillac Willie and our band, the Wildlife Specials. We kind of formed the Cadillac Specials, and we we did it by you know, Forrest Williams, who in my book is one of the best folks down here, not just as a musician but a great guy. So he and and uh, Dread Clampett, you know, another another clearly top band down here. Uh, they had the Dreaded Forest thing, and so I thought, you know, I want to do that too with our guys. You know, I want to get our guys out, and I want us to do something. And I wanted us to play a lot of original music, but it just kind of came to all of us that um, you know we just do this Grateful Dead that night, which is not easy because it's a lot of music and we put a lot of time into it. And we we had a great show and we're doing it again on Friday, November twenty fifth at nine p.m. at Trebuchet. So, being a Grateful Dead band, uh, now that you guys are playing their music, what's the average song length? <laughs> Depends on the night. Depends on well, the yeah. last show. We played four <laughs> songs. It was eight hours long. <laughs> now, actually, you know what happened last time was is we we. I went through, I mean, I've got an extensive Grateful Dead collection, and I built a set list, and I made sure we had 
the dead averaged about 12 to 13 songs in the first set and about the same for the second set with a drum and bass, bass break. And that was over two days. Yeah, that was over two days. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, very funny. Sorry. And uh, so, so they, uh, anyway, so we, we actually, we didn't space them out enough. So this time we may be going to get a little more crazy with it. Cool. But, you know, when you practice as hard as we did, we couldn't wait. That's our newest singer, Lucy, by the way. I love Lucy. <laughs> Five months, she's hitting the notes. That's a widespread, a widespread song though, right? Yeah, yeah. Is, is yeah. that no? That's the that was fish. No, that's Little Lily. I'm sorry. No, yeah. a Grateful Dead song, Loose Lucy, but you know, yeah. not when I want her to pattern her life after. But <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I guess, would be the most famous. That'd be a good one. That's good. So JD, yeah, let's talk some. Let's talk some guitar. Uh, how long have you been playing guitar? Gosh, uh, started in high school. Uh, bought a guitar in high school. Really didn't know how to play it. Uh, went to college at Ole Miss. Big music fan, grew up in Memphis, so Elvis was a huge influence on me and my family. Uh, just a lot of great music on the streets, on the corners, you know, everywhere. So it was always uh, important to me, but I never really played. Yeah. Um, got to college, and I got this really geeky roommate. Um, it was, uh, it turned out he was my lab partner. You know, Sullivan and Stearitt, we were alphabetically put together. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, man, this guy is such a goob. And I'm going to end up, he's my lab partner. So we started talking. He played in a band. I was pretty intrigued by that. Uh, my roommate gets kicked out of school. His roommate leaves town. We needed a space. And uh, so we lived together. And uh, he had a little band called the High Tops in uh, Oxford. And uh, they were touring quite a bit, just frat shows. And uh, so I got a guitar. A guy named Kerry Hudson uh, bought me my first guitar that I that was a lot better than the one I had in high school. And Kerry started teaching me. They'd sit around our little apartment and start playing guitar. And Kerry uh, is still playing today. He was in a band called Blue Mountain, which was a huge oh, band. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, John Stearitt, my geeky roommate, and I became best friends. And uh, he went into a band uh, called Uncle Tupelo. Um, with uh, Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar, and then uh, that broke up, and he's in the band Wilco, and has been forever. So we're we're still great friends, and I played in some of those earlier bands before Uncle Tupelo uh, as I learned the wow. song. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. Kind of fell into a really cool group of guys that were playing music. And That's Jay's cool. a big uh, songwriter fest guy down here. Oh yeah, I mean, he's a he's a big uh, Wilco's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah they don't <laughs> suck. We saw them together, you and me did, in September of last year at Pilgrimage Festival. Yeah, if that, you haven't seen Wilco, they're a, uh, they're, they're a tremendous band. They're a live band. I mean, they tour so, so much, but they are a huge influence on me. When I first, their first album came out, you know, it was Uncle Tupelo kind of uh, broke up with uh, Jay and Jeff were kind of fighting to who was going to lead the band and what direction it was going to go in. So I love Sunvolt, which is Jay Farrar's band. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was awesome. But the first album, it was a race, and I was talking to him like, who's going to come out with the first album and whose album is going to be best? I mean, it was a race to get it out. Yeah. And I think Straightaways, actually, mm -hmm. Sunvolt's album was better than AM, which was at Wilco's. I was kind of like, shit, you picked the wrong guy, John. You know, you went with <laughs> you went with Wilco and Jeff and J Jay's got the gig. And uh, it turned out, obviously, that they both have had great careers, but I think Wilco's really had a, a long run. But when I first got it, I didn't really like it. And I didn't like the second album. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. And I took my wife, who was not into it at all. We went to see him up on the top of the Gibson guitar playing in Memphis. They were playing on the rooftop. It was a really cool scene. 
And I think once you see them live, it just, it's like a lot of bands. You see them live and it was just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get it. And uh, since then, I've just been a huge, avid fan. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, Memphis, Memphis, Montgomery, you know, anywhere in Mississippi, Atlanta, Athens, Nashville. I mean, you think about like in the South, I guess Nashville is sort of the town that's got to pop out first. You know, sure. Because New Orleans is not really the South. New Orleans is New Orleans, and it's its own its own place, and it's a, a, clearly a music capital. But sure. But I think outside of the Nashville thing, Nashville is kind of like the, the is is like the shopping mall of everything. But That's if you think, but it. if you think about like the outskirts of town, you think about Central Mississippi, Central Alabama, southeastern you know uh, uh, Georgia, Southwest te- uh, uh, Tennessee, Memphis, where you're from. That's where this stuff comes from. It always came from there. Like, I mean, you were like with, you know, Jay Farrar and, and Jeff Tweedy yeah. and, and Justin. Those guys are not, th- those aren't just good bands. Those guys are have a major impact on Americana music. Oh, they, they created a whole genre. I they, mean, totally. it, it came out as the No Depression. If you ever get that magazine, the No Depression magazine. And I don't really know what that meant, but it was like a, it was an alt-country movement. And it really was influenced by the first major band, in my opinion, was R.E.M. Yep. And R.E.M. really influenced that whole genre of music so john and i got a great story john stewart and i drive in eight hours my brother tells me that rem is practicing for their uh document tour at the university of tennessee at knoxville at the stadium or at the uh uh, coliseum there and he says they're going to come in here tonight and they're going to play monday night at the bar that i'm working at no one's going to be here wow and i'm like okay I look at John's eight-hour drive, dude. We, you know, gotta let's, go. Let's pack it up. Let's get a cooler. Let's go. <laughs> right. Not that we drank while we were driving, but we were on our way there. And uh, so we get there, and uh, there was a band called Smokin' Dave and the Primo Dopes playing. I'll never kind of know that name. I'll never forget it. I was like, I about killed my brother. I look at him. I said, Are you kidding me? We drove eight hours, and there's nobody in this bar, <laughs> and there's Smokin' Dave and the Primo Dopes playing. I'm really pissed off. And then uh, all of a sudden, Michael Stipe walks in, uh, Mike Mills, Peter Buck. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so... Uh, so John Smoke and Dope wow. was not a good band? They, they were just some band. I don't know who the hell they were playing. Is that why Michael, St- <laughs> That's yeah. why Michael Stipe wrote Everybody yeah. Hurts, and right? so Stipe... Stipe <laughs> exactly. So Stipe goes, sits in the corner by himself like he always does, and Mike Mills and Peter Buck go up to the bar. We're the only other two dudes at the bar, so we're like, we're going to go talk to them. So we went and bought them a drink. And they wanted a shot of scotch. I was like, okay, let's let's do shots of scotch with Mike Mills and Peter Bach. Nice. So, John, so John goes out to his car, and he gets him, this is back in the high-top days, he gets him a cassette tape, demo tape, and gives it to them. And cassette says, tape. A cassette tape, you know. And he says, here's, our, here's my band. Like, they get that every night, I'm sure, <laughs> right? So yeah, I'm sure they threw it away or did whatever. And then they get up and play. They don't play... Any original song, all covers. Buffalo Springfield. I don't mean I remember it. It's plain as day. Wow. It was, did not play one original song. It was really an incredible What night. year is this? Uh, 87, maybe. Okay. Oh, yeah. when Document came yeah. out or something. Yeah. So uh, we drive back to Oxford the next day with great memories. And then I get a phone call probably about, oh, gosh, what is it now? It's before I moved here. So, you know, 18 years ago, I get a call from John Stirrett. And he says, it's three in the morning. He's in Europe touring somewhere. And he goes, you're not going to believe. We just got the call to warm up for REM. I said, well, ask them if they remember that tape. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> and the shots of Scott. So it goes back a long way. So I moved here 16 years ago, and that was my influence. And I met up with my cousin, 
who is Clayton Bonjean, who's the guitar player. And so we just played music, you know. We just started hanging around at some guy's house. And there's so many great musicians in this town. Yeah. Lee Antoon, who shows up, who's a phenomenal percussionist. Yeah, Patrick Wilson, who was at the time a guitar player, you know. Mm. So we had a bunch of guitar players. And someone's friend played the drums. That was Josh Pace. And so this little cookout became a jam session. And then I just, when I actually moved here, I went and booked a gig. I didn't tell anybody. We knew like four songs. And I came back and I said, oh, by the way, Patrick, you got to learn bass. And, and we got a gig in about 10 days. And that's uh, that band's been together 16 years. Wow. And, and in the Beachcomber Hall of Fame, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. That, that's, those, that's really great. That's, that's, I mean, what an amazing story about R.E.M. I remember having R.E.M. bootleg tapes like in 84, 83, and 84. Yeah. From a buddy of mine. Back the, in the Murmur days. Yeah, but before, I mean, like bootleg cassette tapes. But I think, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I've been in music a long time with, you know, studio stuff and producing stuff and, and, and being able, because my business partner in the studio is a really famous musician, that gave me like a, you know, a membership card for a little while with, with some friends who I've sort of become lifelong friends in the business, people that know where they know their stuff. And yeah. you just, you just, you can go see music and you can kind of tell like the, the soul of music. And it has really, it has nothing to do with how good the musicians are. It has nothing to do with how good they can sing or anything. There's just like this, it's just like this weird chemistry kind of thing. It's like when you drive by like a, somebody, we were in Tulum, Mexico, and somebody said, Kathleen and me were, and they said the best tacos in the world, this little place, is the first place when you come in town, you're right. So we come into this town, there's this little pickup truck and a cooker there, but we, we go to the first place, they say, oh, that's, you just passed it. So here was this thing with no equipment, yeah. no skill, no talent, no. but their food was unbelievable. Sure. And I think that, you know, when you when you had the the opportunity to be under the projection of people like John Starrett and other people like that early when you're learning to play the guitar like JD was, it it just put something in you. And you know, Calic Willie is they're in a they're a great band. Arguably they're the you know, the, one of the biggest draw bands down here for years and years. And they've had like Fifteen or twenty people that could say that they're <laughs> yeah, the totally. Some level. Well, that's the best part. And you we're never gonna know. do a reunion show, and you anyone should. who's ever played with with Cadillac Willie can come play. Let's I can tell you some of the. Hold names. on, JD. Let, yeah, I was going to ask you. Let's talk about the names that have either sat in yep. or played with Cadillac Willie. Oh. And you, you've been a staple. You've been like yeah. the anchor. Uh, the uh, the I was original. Uh, yeah. I was an original member. Mm -hmm. The original members were. Uh, Josh Pace, who's no, he's in Tallahassee. He'll sometimes show back up. He's uh, a drummer. Clayton Bonjean is lead guitarist. Uh, um, then uh, Patrick Wilson is a uh, original member. So those are the original members. He's as and OG then, as it gets, right? Pardon? Patrick's as OG as it gets, oh, yeah. right? And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Louis Antoon, who's a big part of it yeah. as well as an original member. But we've warmed up for Edgar Winter. We've warmed up for Edwin McCain. We've played with Robbie Krieger of The Doors. We've played with JoJo Herman from Widespread Panic. Um, Emerald. Emerald Lacrosse. <laughs> Not that, yeah, he's a great musician, but... You played for food that night or what? Yeah, I don't know what we did. He just got <laughs> up there and kid. played. The great thing kid. about Cadillac Willie, I will say this, and, and there's it's a band that, that we play a lot of jam band songs and a lot of fun songs, a lot of songs a lot of people know. So it's really comfortable for anybody to get up and play. And we encourage it. And that's the fun thing about it. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, it is, uh, 
it's been a revolving door, as Scott said. Um, when other guys have babies or they have other things in their life they have to tend to, uh, there's other great people that can fill in. I will say this about the music scene on 30A is that there are so many incredible musicians down here. So whoever's listening to this, get out and hear some really, really good live music. As Scott said, it'll fill the soul a bit. I mean, there's guys that you just never know. Mike Witte. I can go on to Forrest, we all know, and Dread. Mm-hmm. Those are the staples of guys around yep. here. Scott Rockwood, Chris Scott, Rockwood. Oh, totally. I mean, over and over and over. On and on and on. And, uh, Donnie and so the Sundle. fun part about it is they had Donnie Sundle played at my wedding. You know, Donnie mm-hmm. and Sticks played at my wedding. I mean, it's just th- those guys have been here forever. I started coming down here in high school um, in the 80s, early 80s, and uh, Tim Jackson, um, who's a staple songwriter, player, mm-hmm. and he had a band called Passage. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Passage. <laughs> Passage. Passage. How about the days? <laughs> Tim will love this. Uh, but yeah. And, and Shannon Wallace, one of the best guitar players I'd ever seen in my life. I was just blown away by him. Um, and Mike and Ike and all those guys were – and they're still around. So I think when you get here, there's, it's, it's not hard to find some good, some good music. So I grew up with Cadillac Willie at Harbor Docks, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is back in the 90s, and uh, this is when I was – you know, that was the place, right? It was it. It was a spot. The, the deck and, you know, Yoshi with the sushi out there. and We were uh, the house band for there for You were the house band years. forever, oh, yeah. and you could never park there. You still can't park there. Yeah. Uh, I think they tore down a building. There might be 10 more spots now, but – uh, I, you grow up with Cadillac Willie there, but that was the end of the earth, you know. Uh, Fud Puckers was kind of like, yeah, you don't go much past Fud Puckers. Man. Yeah, man, that's like the hinterlands. <laughs> it's like, man, don't go out there. You don't know what's out there. So there's some hair bands out there. I heard. When when did Cadillac Willie start moving into the 38 area? When, when when did that happen? It's funny. It was in 2000 we started the band, and then uh, doing the Harbor Docks, Hogs Breath, all of the uh, Destin scene shows, because that's where, you know, back then, there wasn't a whole lot out here right. on 38. Um, my wife and I moved to Watercolor, um, and uh, I just told them I couldn't play any more 10 to 2 gigs at Harbor Docks and drive home late night, and uh, I just wasn't going to do it, so we started as 30A started to progress out this way, and there were more venues. That's the one thing I would say if we could do something different in the area, uh, just have more venues. We got some great little spots, um, but there's not enough. And so, uh, once there became a few venues out here, Bud Nally's was playing. Yeah. We would go up to Bud Nally's and play upstairs, up in the corner where they ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to carry the huge gear all the way in this corner. We were, and we're a loud band. If, if I mean, you know, if there's one knock on the band, it's like who can turn it up the loudest. What was the ordinance? It's a confident volume. <laughs> when did you guys have to cut it off at Seaside, though? Well, it was like maybe twelve or one. And but Dave Roshkoff, who owns Buds, would come to us and just circle his hand like, "Play, play more," because it's just so crowded. You couldn't even move in that place. How many and, homes uh, were on the beach right there at the time you guys were playing oh on top? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Not many. Yeah. Not many. But then, so then Dave started saying, I, I remember we lugged all that. We had these huge speakers. We'd lug everything upstairs, and we'd play, <laughs> and we'd leave it all for the next night. Because we said, look, if we're doing all this, we're playing for two nights. Right. Know? We're not playing one night yeah. deal. So we played two nights. And so I, it was so crowded. And finally said, hey, man, can you play downstairs? So we show up about 30 minutes before the show because everything's already there. We just got to plug it in (laughs) we're like you you want us to unplug everything and take it downstairs and play he goes yeah 
I was like, okay. So uh, that's how downstairs got started because it was just too crowded upstairs. It was fun though, playing up in that corner. Can you they imagine? To, that? I, I can't. They need to have more music up here. I mean, the the problem with our community is not the problem. The, it's an incredible place, but you know, we have a different audience every week. Yeah. So as musicians, we get pretty lazy. You know, because because you're not playing the same crowds every week. You're playing yeah. different people, so you can you can play the same shows, the same things. And and I think anytime there's stuff like the Tom, like we just had the Tom Petty show at the Rep. Every year at the Rep Theater, they pick a different artist. They invite musicians to play. It's still challenging. You know, you got to kind of learn something differently. Or the Grateful Dead shows, or the Dreaded Forest thing. Hey, let me tell you, as as a up. music fan with minimal musician talent in mm-hmm. this body right here, I love seeing the compilation bands yeah. that are coming around because it's fresh. It's something new, exactly. and you get to see your favorite artists to be like, oh, wow, they're all playing together? These guys are really good musicians, and I think everyone respects everyone else. And look, they're all kind of going for the same gig, to be honest with you. There's not so yeah. many opportunities to play, and I think everyone's really willing to help and work with each other and fiddle in and play, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's a good group of people. Define the music scene here. If there was a sound for 30A... What do you feel it is? It's a great question, man. You know, it's a, uh, I mean, obviously it's a feel good sound, just like any music is. When we started our band, we wanted to do something different. So, what was happening when we were playing, it was more either the ladies uh, cover kind of band deal, and we didn't want to do that. And we didn't want to do the Buffalo Springfield, Jim Croce, right. Jimmy Buffett gig. So, we kind of went with the jam thing, which was which was more what we liked anyway. Um, but I think there's a little bit of everything for everybody. But I mean, guys like Forrest Williams can play anything, yep. and uh, but you know his originals are great. But Chris Alvarado, who's a single, I mean, my gosh, I mean the guy plays an amazing guitar, an amazing voice, and he builds his own guitars. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> so far, since we've got the new equipment in the Airstream. Chris came in here and sang on these mics. I just saw and I was him like, walking by. I wanted yeah, yeah. to yell at him. Yeah, he, yeah he's out here. Uh, but he sang on these mics a minute ago, and I was like, that's why we bought him. Dude, he's amazing. He's yeah. So I don't know if there's a certain sound. I think every band has their own sound, but uh, it's all pretty damn I good. I think it's like contemporary hippie. I like that. That's a you good. You know, because this place is a kind of a hippie Spoken spot. Spoken like a true dead fan right <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It's, no, but it's kind of a hippie spot here. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it really kind of is. It's no, kind of old Florida. No it's very old Florida. But it's kind of contemporary. I think the musicians are more Americana, you know, but, but again, it goes back to that whole, you know, why are you playing music? What do you think about the guy you're playing next to? What right. do you think about the people you're playing on stage with? And that's where the quality is. Let's, uh, JD's got a guitar in his hand over here. Ooh, that's not a good thing. No, it's not. But you know what? What is the most comfortable song that you have in your repertoire that you can just pick it up and play it? Man, uh, there's all kinds of songs. I'm going to let Scott do it. Scott's a much better <laughs> player than I am. I mean, he's a blues old stand, for God's sake. But know? anybody that knows you, JD, you're, it doesn't really matter if it sounds great or bad. It's it's JD playing it, so it really doesn't matter, right? I hear you. So so yeah, what is what is your song? And we, we'll ask God to do it too. But I, I think you leading off would be a, a great I'll do thing. One, I'll see if I can do it. Yeah, let's do it. I dial your number, maybe third time's a charm, and you make the pillow in the crook of his arm. When you put on the story, I was sighed with relief. I 
said again, dear, it's a lie, I believe. The windows are steamy, not blue in your eyes. The moonlight is shining down on your thighs. Why is love that is so pure? Got to be so naive. I said again, dear, it's a lie, I believe. Stand naked, the mirror won't lie. It's got to be filtered through the wish of a lie. And all that I needed was your reflection of me. You said I was someone that's alive, I believe. You said it, I was someone, it's a lie, I believe. You said I was someone, it's a lie, I believe. That's right. All right. See, that's yeah. why you pick up a guitar right there, right, Scott? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. So he's got a whole record. Right, J.D. Sullivan. Like one day we were, we were hanging out, we were, we were, he and John Mark and I were picking around, he's like, well, I've got a I've got a, a record I want you guys to check out. <laughs> it's his, and it's like eight songs, and I, a couple of them I really love. I would love to play one of them right now, but I can't remember all the words. I, I want I to can't do remember either. It's a long time ago. <laughs> man. I was in a dark, dark place. Really? Better, better question: <laughs> Were those all the right words for that song? Yeah, pretty close. You think it was close? Yeah, that's you know. Ali, it was great. That's the beauty about your own songs, you know. Yeah, and four other verses. You know, Clayton, Clayton reminded me of uh, something I told him a long time ago. He said. He said, "What do you What do you do, Scott? When you hit a wrong note, I said I hit it. I hit it again, <laughs> and that way it makes it right. <laughs> That's right. So you know, you can say whatever you want in your own song. That's so cool, uh, man. I really appreciate y'all playing today. Uh, we got yeah, J D. Sullivan and Scott Crompton. Scott plays with the Wildlife Specials. Uh, J D. Sullivan with the world famous Cadillac Willie. Cadillac Willie. Uh, yeah, I mean seriously, that that is a band that uh, there were a couple in Destin back in the day that you could kind of put your finger on and be like, yeah, those are the three places you're going." Uh, I'm, Jim Couch is actually playing out here. Yeah. <laughs> Edwards, Edwards Fine Food and Wine. Uh, Who's the other guy, man? There was one dude that was so good. He played at KJ's. What's that guy? Jim Couch. Yeah. Yeah, that's hey, who I was talking about. Oh, that's dude. KJ's owner. God, he was awesome, dude, man. Dude, what about the guy? What was, what was the guy's name that, that ate the dirt? Ate the mud all the time. <laughs> ate the dirt? Yeah, you know. You, is that the name of a band? Ate the dirt. No, he played with, uh, he, he was Jimmy Herring's roommate. They said go around the country, around the world, doing guitar construction. And he played with Kelly Willie for six months. Wow. Yeah. And he plays with Colonel Bruce now wrote, and wrote the whole last record for Colonel Bruce. And he ate dirt. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, he's amazing. He was wow. Yeah. He said he used to eat clay. Jars of Clay is a band. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having us yeah, out man, of here, cool. man. Look, if you have a chance yeah. to go out and see some live music, no matter who it is, go check it out. It's uh, the 30A is a unique place. Well, when you sure seriously, when, when these two guys show up in the same vicinity, uh, a six pack of beer on the all and down. You can get some good stories out of them. That's uh, Scott Crompton. Uh, where are you guys working right now? What are you guys doing? Uh, uh, we're in real estate. Both Scott and I both are in the real estate business. Work for Berkshire Hathaway uh, Beach Properties of Florida. That's right. So, uh, how's the market right if, now? You guys have. You don't need a house or something. Let yeah, us know. a couple we'll of them. The, the market's fantastic. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, 
You know, it's amazing that you can come down here and live in a place like this. And people don't think about that. Yeah. You know, we used to come down here. We've been coming here for 40 years. You could live here, you know. If you, if you like a place that has a beautiful climate, no crime, no income tax. It's good for babies. And laid back contemporary hippie people and good music, this might be a good spot for you. It's a great place for babies. It's a great place for children. The education system is fantastic. No, I think people need to, need to as, as out there in the 30A world, 30A radio world, that are out there in all parts of the, of the country, you know, turn off that Excel program. Yeah. Pull up your portfolio. Come down here and make it happen sooner than later. It's way more worth it. And the then call internet. me or JD to make that well, happen. Well, the internet, all the homes around here have the ability to have an internet, so you can just work from your house, right? Hey. It's the way the world's turning, man. <laughs> the mind needs to be uncluttered and loose. And and right now, I can see it in JD's eyes. It's time to go catch a fish. That's right. We're going fishing. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Thanks all to right. you guys. That's the 30 A show, and we really appreciate them. Uh, thank you guys for dropping by and drinking all my beer. appreciate it. Thank you, bud. Anytime. <laughs> The 30A Show with Corey and Laura, presented by 38cottages.com. Catch The 30A Show, Fridays, 7 a.m., Sundays, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., or via podcast on 30a.com. Inside our free 30A app for iPhone and Android, iTunes podcast app, and on Apple TV. Stinky's Fish Camp, waterfront dining in Dune Allen Beach. With a name like Stinky's, it better be good. Stinky'sFishCamp.com.